It's frightening how many novels of suspense I've written. But still, when I'm not recognized, it just kills me. You enter the chilling world of the Stephen King Library. Imagine an exclusive collection of horror, Pet Cemetery, The Shining, Christine, The Chart Toppers, the books that became blockbuster movies. The Stephen King Library, where the master is coming back to haunt you. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Geeking Poetic Podcast. How y'all doing? I'm doing good. How y'all doing? I've been better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's just get it out of the way. Let's just get it out of the fucking way. So why don't you guys just go ahead and explain why Vito has been better? We're just going to address the 800-pound bruised elephant in the room. What happened? Larry broke Vito. Two nights ago, <laughs> my big left toe was broken by Larry's guitar. Okay, but it's not like I did it on purpose, man. No, he didn't do it on purpose. And honestly, it's probably payback. I deserved it because one time at a show, <laughs> we were playing at the Pearl Room. Oh, man, I forgot about and that. And my dumbass left a guitar case in the middle of the backstage room with like the, the top open in the pitch darkness. And Larry was walking off stage and he tripped over this case and like <laughs> fell and like I hurt fucked himself. Up. I <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, I sprained my ankle, man. It that My ankle hurt for like a couple weeks after that. All right, so you boys are even yeah, now. I, guess so. I totally right. forgot about that. Oh, okay, awesome. I feel so much better now. I've Fuck, been, I should have <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Blew it. yeah oh man no but seriously we were we were filming uh a music video the other day and i we were doing this whole thing where i was you've seen people do it on stage and in videos and stuff where they take guitar player takes their guitar off and kind of does the one hand toss and their guitar tech roadie guy will catch it you know in midair and so i had Vito acting as my my guitar catcher <laughs> you know, my roadie guy to be off camera because I was going to do this guitar toss thing. And unfortunately, we had to do it like four or five times yeah, at like least uh, <laughs> to really get it right because we were trying to do this slow motion thing, blah, blah, blah. And the one time I threw it, I threw it kind of gimpy <laughs> and he sort of dove to like catch it so that it didn't like hit the ground and break into pieces. And when he did, he put his foot forward <laughs> And like the, you would normally do when you're right. catching a guitar that's falling. <laughs> yeah, you would fall on your face if you did it. Don't you always right? catch a guitar with your foot? You know, so the body, which is the heaviest part of the guitar, just goes slamming into his foot. And uh, I he think he has gangrene now. I don't think like he has it. gangrene. <laughs> it looks like it, guys. It's really bad. <laughs> well, keep it clean. I am. But it's funny because we were doing the shoot. I was like, ooh, that really hurt. All right, let's just get another take. And we'll make sure it's good. And then as we're doing that, I look down and I literally see the blood pouring through my shoe. Oh, my gosh. Like you could see it boiling up. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, something's really wrong here. And I took my sock off and it's just this bloody mess. And it's like a black and blue nail. It's like, oh, man, this is really going to hurt tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> and it did. <laughs> well... <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> moving on, moving on. So speaking of black, better, and bl you know. black and blue and bloody, since it is Halloween, <laughs> since it's Halloween, um, we thought we obviously had to talk about something horror, scary, whatever Halloween related. And we realized that it was long overdue that we finally finished talking about Stephen King, the works of Stephen King, because that was what was that was that the first episode? That was our very first episode. Mm -hmm. That was the first episode we ever did of this podcast, and we covered everything basically from the beginning, from seventy four, seventy five, all the way up roughly until around the early mid nineties. Yeah, yes. we did touch on Langoliers, and that was like a ninety five ish right. release. So. so there is going to be some slight overlap because we're going to go back and talk about a couple of things that came out in like ninety three, ninety four here, mm -hmm. but they were they were things that didn't really fit into the format of the last one, and we needed to make sure we got um, we got to them mm -hmm. in this one. Um, <clears throat> so yes, this is technically. You know, Stephen King part two. So we we're going to be talking about the books, the movies and TV. 
and again, from roughly around 93 all the way up till now. now. In yeah. fact, some things that Literally aren't even... Literally right now. Like right, this week, I think. Yeah, <laughs> some things that aren't even out yet, and we'll talk about a little bit. Um, but ju just to also real quick explain to everybody what we're going to be doing with this show... Um, when, when we were doing this in the early days, in the olden days, back in the old days, it was a different time back then. <laughs> we used to always do like a top five thing. And I think it was easier to do that with that era of King, right? I mean, mm -hmm. cause the more we talked about it, it was like trying to do a top five for this was just really hard. Impossible was the word we used. Yeah, basically, it was impossible <laughs> to do. We we kind of have realized with the the new subjects we've had every month that it's trying to just do top fives is like impossible. It'd be like asking Vito to do you know like a top five favorite like Terminator story thing. It's like it's almost impossible. Yeah, <laughs> you might be able to do number one, but everything else is just like, come on, man, don't do that to me. Yeah, what would number two be for me? Is it Genesis or Terminator Three? Right. Well, see, we got <laughs> we're get we're getting to that soon enough. You're a month ahead of us, Vito. <laughs> exactly. We'll be talking. Let's sit about on that. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> yeah, but um, so what we just decided we're we're not going to do that. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh King stories, and then we're just all going to real quick go around and say, is this a thumbs up or a thumbs down, and then we'll explain why. Um, right. I think that's the easiest way to do yeah, this. Yeah, for sure. Yep. And it oh, won't be four hours this time. It, we'll ho hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. We, we, we got quite a list going here. <laughs> well, speaking of that, I, also, again, because we're talking about almost 30 years of stories here, um, we are going to not only try to keep it to a more reasonable length, um, but we're also going to end up having to do this as a two-part episode. Um, there's just no way if, if we tried to do all this in just one episode for you folks, it would be so long. And I think for convenience sake, it's going to be easier if we divide it up at least into two parts, um, so that you don't get lost, you know, feel like, because we know we've had people say like, oh man, you know, I want to watch your stuff or listen to your stuff, but it's like three hours long and for whatever reason, it's just easier, I think, if we break it up into two or three parts. So that's kind of what we're going to do with this mm -hmm. is have multiple parts. And um, and we're not going to cover every single yeah. piece of work, just the ones we feel are worth talking about. Yeah. You know, because King's Lurie got like a hundred novels or something. Oh, I at mean, least. Yeah, there's not, no way we could yeah, do that. Yeah. And then there's all the ones that he like had like a part in or, yeah. you know, different stuff. Yeah, there, there's there's no way. So I think we're just going to talk about the ones that we think are worth mentioning and the ones that we're most familiar with. Because there's a lot of them that I've I've never seen or I've right. never read. Nope. Um, so I... I you know, we will definitely love to hear from you folks if there's ones that we leave out that you're like, oh, man, can't believe you didn't talk about Gerald's game or something like that. You know, like that's one of the best ones. Like we totally want and need that feedback because I want to know, like some of these I'm very curious about. And yeah, I just... what are we missing? Right. Yeah. What yeah. Do we yeah. need to check out that mm -hmm. we haven't already. Yeah. So definitely if there's anything we leave out, um, let us know in the comments and all that stuff. Uh, so, but yeah, we're just going to talk about ones we know and we are familiar with for better or worse mm -hmm. with that, man, Bring let's, yeah, let's just jump right into that pool. Biatch. Hi. <laughs> All right. So yeah, as Vito said, we're not going to talk about Langoliers, even though that's one of his like favorite favorites of all <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. We talked about it. <laughs> He's like, man, come on. Can't we just talk about it a little bit? Just a little bit. Um, but we are going to jump in right around there in the in the early uh, 90s and stuff. Um, Vito, were you reading books of King already by this point in time? To be completely honest with you, I had never read a Stephen King book until, well, I take that back. I wasn't reading as much Stephen King until you turned me on to eleven twenty two sixty three. Really, three or four years ago. Yeah, okay. I was always into the movies and stuff. I did read some early novels like Dolores Claiborne. I actually read that in Italy. 
right. when I was like 11 years old. Because I love to read as far as I could learn how to read. I was always reading books. I need something to read. And that was like one of the only English books that my <laughs> that uncle there. or cousin found at the store. Whenever. Really? Yeah. So Interesting. I, had to, I had to read that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it grossed me out because there's a scene where she um, throws like her husband down a well and his legs right. are broken. And I was right. like, oh, dude, that's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll definitely get into talking about what what stuff Stephen does that gets to us the most. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't even. Oh. Like, I, I hate when I see, like, real life things. Like, when you see, I've talked about it before, when you see, like, a wrestler, like, break a leg. I can't, I can't watch uh, those. No. <laughs> right? I see? I can't do it. All right. Nope. Yeah. We won't talk about that now. We'll save that for later. I'm going to eat these crickets back here if you guys don't stop. Oh, God. Yeah, Megan has edible crickets here, and we're not even going to. They tell you why because <laughs> we I, haven't decided yet why <laughs> yeah we haven't decided what to do with them yet we're gonna make somebody eat them but it ain't gonna be me um but anyway okay yeah um meg what about you i know i know we talked about this a little bit in the first one but you're kind of more of a a recent king convert right yes i, I kind of the same as Vito. i guess you guys told me about 11 22 63 and i've been trying and trying and trying and trying to read that book I am happy to report I finished it. That's yeah, awesome. I finally finished it. Um, and since then, I've read several other of his books to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. Um, but more growing up was more of the movies yeah. as they came out on TV and stuff. That's probably, I, you know, because for people that don't know, you guys are younger than I am. Vito's, well, you're roughly uh, about... Almost ten years younger than me, nine years younger than me, something like that. Yeah, and then you're like about six or seven. seven. So I think that that tends to be pretty typical of people that I meet that are in your age group and younger. Is that you guys were more turned on to King from the movies, whereas my age group and older, we were more into the books and stuff like that because the movies were a little more sporadic. You know, in yeah. the 70s and late mm-hmm. 70s and throughout the 80s. And then it was like in the 90s, man. It just went crazy, which is why we have so much to talk about here and everything. So, I mean, that that's fine. But that's what will make it interesting because I'll be curious. I know there's some of these that I've read the book, but I think you guys have seen the movies the movie. and I haven't and so on. So, yeah, I'll be curious to see what you guys have to say about this. So let's get into some of the stories. Um First of all, we're going to start with 1993, the movie and the story Needful Things. So, Meg, you you you're not familiar with this one. I am right? not familiar with this one at all. But Vito, you are. I've Tell only, me about it. I've only read the book. I've not seen the movie with uh, ah um, Ed O'Neill. Yes, yeah. uh, Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Ed, Harris. <laughs> Ed O'Neill. Yeah, yeah, that's the wrong kind of guy. No, he was Ed <laughs> O'Neill. Like Ed O'Neill. I want to check it out. <laughs> he had a whole different thing going on back in '93. Yeah. He was like, eh, no big. <laughs> Ow. Ow. <laughs> but um, rub my butt. Yeah, it was Ed Harris. Uh, he ends up playing the sheriff, so he's kind of like the main mm-hmm. good guy in that. Um, it was a pretty cool cast. Uh, the the bad guy in that Leland Gaunt, uh, perfect n- name yeah. for the bad guy Leland Gaunt. Uh, he's supposed to kind of be uh, like this, right? He's like a Satan kind of Pretty devil, much, yeah. you know, tempter. You know, the tempter kind of character. He's played by Max von Sydow. Okay, you know, you know who that is, right? I know uh, the he name. Played Father Marin in The Exorcist. Oh. He was and tons of stuff uh he was ming the merciless and flash gordon and all that stuff great actor he's been in tons of other stuff uh he plays he comes to town and he ends up uh another thing where he opens up uh, a little store kind of like in salem's lot like Mm -hmm. a little uh Knick knacky uh, uh, kind of yeah. The store is called Needful Things, and people come in there and they find the thing that's like their most coveted item. You know, hmm, if you always always wanted that Mickey Mantle rookie card, like he's got it and he gives it to you for a song. But what you end up finding out is you're kind of like trading your soul to get these items, and the whole town just starts going crazy. He create he creates all this bedlam and anger and hostility hmm. and he's trying to like 
rob them of their souls and their happiness and everything. And uh, I don't know how it is in the movie, but in the book, he makes you do these like pranks on people, right? And they, they get like progressively worse. They get worse and <laughs> wow. worse. Yeah, they start with like little things, like throw an egg at this house, and then all know, of a sudden it's like breaking this house, house and slit this woman's throat. And right. Jeez. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It gets <laughs> it gets really grim, and it does in the movie too. But it's the movie's not nearly as as effective and. Even in the book, I felt like it was, it's not one of my favorite stories of his. It's uh, there, it's clever. There's some cool parts to it and stuff. There's definitely some like egads parts to it, but um, it didn't, the movie didn't do well. Hmm. It got, you know, Roger Ebert gave it like one and a half stars. Oh my gosh. Jeez. Uh-huh. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah. He said, he said it was like, uh, I'm kind of paraphrasing what he said. It was like a one note story, which it is. He said it in the, in the movie, he said, it's not scary. And it's not funny, and it's just kind of depressing. Hmm. And that's sort of what I remember when I watched it. I just remember, you know, I'm really sensitive to things like that anyway. If movie, movies will depress the fuck out of me, and that movie just it just bummed me out. It wasn't it wasn't like oh this is really scary, yeah. You know, like to me, like Salem's Lot, even as goofy as it was, it was scary. Even Langoliers has moments of like tension. You know yeah. what I mean? Where you're like fuck. I didn't find this that scary. I just found it kind of aggravating and depressing you know it's a it's a cool concept but an interesting side note speaking of salem's lot is the main uh one of the main female characters polly chalmers Mm -hmm. is played by bonnie bedelia bonnie i remember bonnie bedelia (laughs) bonnie bedelia was was susan from salem's lot from the 1979 salem's lot so i i like i like when they have that crossover and stuff when they they bring in actors to kind of yeah, play. They, they do that. I notice a lot with his new stuff, the new shows, mm. like in the Tall Grass. And, oh, do they? And um, the Castle Rock, oh, Castle okay. Rock, right? Castle yeah. Rock, yeah. and um, Rose Red, right? Yeah. All these same characters are all in these new shows. They're kind of like um, American Horror Story. Okay, they use the same characters over and over again. They yeah, I new d- people. I, I dig that. Yeah, I like that yeah. kind of I was connection. Like, oh, there she is again. Oh, there's that guy again, too. Because like, Ed O'Neill cool. was in the Stand miniseries. Yes. Kathy Bates was Dolores Claiborne and Annie mm-hmm. Wilkes in Misery. Yep. And, yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, I dig when they do stuff like that. Um, speaking, Kathy Bates was in the or the Stand miniseries as well as an uncredited role. So Right. And speaking of the Stand, that is the next thing on the list. Because in 1994, they came out with the miniseries for The Stand. Yes. Yeah, you got your book there? That's yes. a big-ass this, book. Well, this is the uncut version. It has oh, like an extra yeah. 300 pages oh. or something. Because <laughs> it needed it. <laughs> Which I've read this version. I have not read the shortened version. Okay. Um, but, dude. I never read that version. Dude, I read the once basic. I get to page 500, page literally like page 500, I have to like skip 300 or 400 pages because it's super fucking slow. Well... Do we want to just jump into <laughs> Meg's Don't got a look? <laughs> Meg's got this look on her face. I wish this was a video cast because that look on her face just says it all. Oh my god! Don't. Yeah, because that is the thing, folks. I mean, we, you know, we all love Stephen King in different levels, and there's certain stories we love of his and everything. But man, oh man. A lot of shit that doesn't need to be in there. Come on, yeah. Just get to the freaking point already. Yeah, he <sighs> he pads out his books with like I give him diary of the mouth, which he <laughs> coins himself. He says it himself, so he's yeah. What was the <laughs> one interview? He said, "I'm a more of a putter in her than a taker out." And goddamn if he isn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's true. Yeah, and unfortunately, it makes it it makes it hard to get through some of his books even some of his best books like the stand and it and stuff like that there's yeah, points where you're just like fuck come on mm-hmm. where is this going you're losing me yeah. like you know and yeah the stand is definitely one of those but fucking great book man dude the first 500 pages are some of his best writing yeah i've ever read from him dude yeah the whole like oh, wow. how the virus like literally sweeps through the nation and how everybody infects somebody by just doing the smallest thing, you're like, right. holy shit, if this was real, we'd be fucked literally within months. Like, it's, right. it's Do you nuts. know anything about it, Meg? No, I know okay, nothing well, about it. Just, oh, okay, well, just real briefly, why don't you explain? I mean, it's it's basically about a super virus that the government creates, right? Yeah, and it gets leaked out from the lab by this worker who was supposed to close the gate, 
and he didn't. He ran to grab his family and get the fuck out of there, but he was already infected by that time because his virus literally moves so quickly. It's a super fast virus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds very James Rollinsy. Yes. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. For sure. And as such, because it's this, it is this crazy super virus, it ends up infecting the country and, it, and well, like the world. It ends up wiping out like 90, 98% or yeah, something. 97% yeah. of the world's population. Wow. Yeah. So then there's only these like limited number of, of survivors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they find themselves being called to having these visions of being called to by these two different people. One of them is a woman, like a psychic woman. She's like a hundred years old or something like that. Something like that. And she's kind of like the good one. And then there's the crazy motherfucker. Randall Flagg. Randall Flagg (laughs) over in, and he's in Las Vegas and he's calling out to people and people end up kind of, Choosing sides, essentially, is what it comes down to. People basically end up choosing a side going. Some people go, no, I want to go towards... I, I'm gonna, Mother Abigail, who's like the... the Mother Abigail, yeah. that's it, yeah. They end up choosing her side and going to her in Colorado or wherever it was. Yeah, Colorado? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, and then there's other people that go, and it, it, yeah. I mean, it gets into all sorts of crazy religious it's a very the literally the stand means standing against good and evil that's right. basically what so it's a very right. god versus devil story hmm. you know but set in this po- post-apocalyptic super virus killed everybody like setting and it's just it's really fucking good man. yeah that's got yeah, all the makings <laughs> it's got all the makings for a veto story <laughs> right there man <laughs> They get into things with nukes and, you know, possibly yeah, using nukes against to, to to wipe out the, you know, for the, the flag followers to wipe out the uh, mother followers. Yeah, and it's... It, yeah it's, it's an interesting story. Depressing. Yeah. Well, most of King's stuff is, but yeah. I mean, this one definitely, you get attached to characters and stuff in there and there's some cool Nick and there's some cool characters in there yeah. and... Shit just don't work out. <laughs> <laughs> it never does. No. But yeah, uh, what? It, so did you see? You saw the miniseries? I've seen it about two or three times. Yes. Okay, and I don't care for it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There's some goofy ass fucking parts. The guy who plays Randall Flag, I've seen him other stuff. I love him, but just right. the way they portray him, like. Dude, there's a scene where he's wearing this wig that's got these crow feathers in it, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. laugh out fucking loud. It's so bad. Well, I mean, come on, man. I mean, that's the problem. You could say the same thing about the Langoliers, is that there's things in there that you just that are laugh out loud bad. I guess. Some people could say that. I don't. But... Oh, come on. Dude. <laughs> we can say that. Um... I think, yeah, well, you know what? It's interesting to draw a corny parallel, I guess. Just like in the story where it's divided and everything, I've found from people I've talked to and through research and stuff that when it comes to that miniseries, people are really divided. Hmm. There are people that love the Stan miniseries. And then there are people that are like, it's no, I do not like it. I love the book. I can't stand the miniseries. Yeah, I, I guess I couldn't say I don't stand it because I do enjoy some parts of it. Like the casting, there's some phenomenal actors in that movie, man. Some of my favorite, Miguel Ferrer. Right. Fucking Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Rob Lowe. <laughs> Rob Lowe. Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald's She's great in it. Yeah. Oh, wow. The guy from Coach. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Nelson? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Not no? Craig Nelson. No, the, uh, big, uh, the big guy who kind of looks like Hulk Hogan. Sort oh of. yeah, I, I forget oh, his that name. guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy from Coach. <laughs> anyway, well, but it, it, you know, it's worth at least. I'm just gonna say this: it's worth at least checking out the miniseries once. Yeah. I would say, I would say, check and out. It's, it's it, only three hours compared to. It's like forty-five <laughs> or fifty <laughs> hours of reading time or listening time. Right. Wow. Right. Um. And on that note, I do want to bring up the fact that they are, for CBS All Access, doing a new The Stand. I've heard that for a few years now, so I guess that's like legit. It's, it's legit. It's all okay. cast. It's it's coming out real soon. Uh, James Marsden is going to play Stu. Huh. Amber Heard plays Nadine, which is Ugh. fitting for Amber Heard. Yeah, Nadine's not a... Nah. 
Oh, good, because that fits her perfectly. She's a twat. Yeah. Um, Greg Kinnear is Glenn. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg is going to be Mother Abigail. Oh, no shit. Yeah. That's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> and getting into the crossover thing, Owen Teague is going to be Harold, the teenager, that asshole teenager that fucks over yeah he was um he was hockstetter in the new in the new it movies nice the kind of longer hair with the the flamethrower with the kid yeah the spray can flamethrower and everything same kid that's cool is playing harold and i as soon as i heard that i'm like oh perfect because that yeah to be a little douchebag because he is oh marilyn manson's gonna be in it who's he playing they haven't said yet Ah. That's like a secret. Hmm. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård is Randall Flagg. No shit. Yeah, the, he was in True Blood and everything, mm. and he's he's all, I, Alexander Skarsgård's great. And I could see that because he's like he's handsome, but he's got he's good at playing like handsome but fucking evil. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you could see him being somebody that people would be drawn towards. You yeah. know, like a good Satan, Lucifer-y kind of character. Um, yeah, uh, Heather Graham's in it. Um, like, yeah, it's quite a cast. So, man, I'm all right. Um, yeah, CBS uh, All Access, man. You guys are, you guys are between this and Picard and Discovery and all that. You're just fucking rolling them out, man. <laughs> you know what they're gonna do? It's because they want to get us lured in, and we're gonna all buy that shit. And then you know what's gonna happen? They're gonna all end, and then we're gonna get like fucking Murder She Wrote 2020. <laughs> And Matlock. I'd watch oh. those shows. Oh, yes. God. Dude, I love Murder, She Wrote, and Matlock. Oh, what? my God. Are you no, kidding? I'm with Vito on this one. Fuck yeah, man. You two are so <laughs> old. <Heck yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you were calling us young earlier. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, really? Matlock. I love Matlock. Yeah, I love Perry Mason, too, man. Oh, Jesus. God. Columbo? I fucking love Columbo. CBS, man. <laughs> CBS. Oh my gosh. For... Cool broadcasting shit's what that is. Cool broadcasting <laughs> shit. Totally nailed that one, Megan. <laughs> wow. Can't wait. It's awesome. They better make that happen. Now I want that. Completely broadcasting for seniors <laughs> is what it is. Oh my gosh. All right, all right, all right. We've spent enough time talking about this. So You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. So anyway, moving on. So now we're going to do a complete left turn because this is when... King really, he had already delved into, in terms of mainstream media, he had already delved into more non-horror type stuff with things like Stand By Me, which was a big hit. A lot of people liked it. But arguably, this is probably his biggest hit, his most successful turn into non-horror stuff when we get into 1994's The Shawshank Redemption. Excellent movie. Yeah, we've all seen that, right? Yeah, I've seen parts of it, not from the oh, whole. Really? Way. Yeah. Well, you but know what I saw? I was like, "Wow, this is really fucking good, man." So in 1994, uh, they came out with a movie called The Shawshank Redemption. Um, it's actually written and directed by a guy named Frank Darabont, and he yep. based it on uh, an old like. Um, novella like a short story kind of thing by king called rita hayworth and the shawshank redemption that came out in the early 80s and it stars i mean most people i'm sure most people that are going to be listening to this we don't need to go on and on about it and stuff because most people know what shawshank's Mm -hmm. about they know that it's it's got tim robbins in it it's got morgan freeman in a very very famous role of his um and uh gosh yeah a lot a lot of good actors in it clancy brown's in it 
James Whitmore. There's, you know, it was a good cast. It's a fucking depressing movie, man. <laughs> no, it's not. It's all about hope. It, yeah, but if if Tim Robbins, what was his name, Andy? Andy Dufresne. If he can be committed of murder, yeah, convicted of convicted murder. of <laughs> committed of murder, <laughs> <laughs> convicted of murder of his what his wife, right, and sentenced to jail for life, but he still holds on to hope. No matter what, no matter what anybody says, no matter what happens to him, he still has hope of the future. Right, yeah, I mean... And there's hope for all of us. Right. I mean, it's a good story. It's positive. It's, yeah, it's... No. But it... Uh, it's so graphic. I, I Man, I, I'm going to just, again, address that elephant in the corner. I have a problem with prison rape. <laughs> you know, like... I, uh, ah, it's so horrible. Any rape, don't get me wrong, but I mean, just... You know, prison rape, and and it's just I don't know, I the, I in prison in general, I don't I, prison is terrifying to me. You know, like the whole idea of it, and it's just, yeah, I get that it's a hopeful story, but it's also like, do they ever really it's a fucked up ride to get there? It's a fucked up ride to get there, and it's a little controversial because do they ever really clarify whether or not he was in fact guilty? Because I know he tried to claim he wasn't guilty in mm -hmm. it and everything that he was that he wasn't guilty of it, but I don't think they ever totally. So you I, don't know if he's really innocent or not. I, or? I don't remember. I everything I read said he was wrongly convicted, but you could be onto something there that is never really specifically said in the movie. Anyway, I don't know about the book. Yeah, because when I saw it, right. this was a couple of years ago, and I think I vaguely remember him going through some sewer pipe. To get out, right? And yeah, he had like yeah. a bunch yeah. of money at the end, or right? Something like yeah, that, right? well, yeah. He's a later, <clears throat> many, many years later, uh, or some years later. Red is, um, which is Morgan Freeman's character, gets paroled, and everything, and he comes out, and he had made the promise with Andy and everything that they were going to meet, or you know, he to meet in Mexico a certain, or something. Yeah, it's some, it's some, uh, it's, uh, Texas. Yeah, across into yeah, it goes. They go. He goes to Texas, goes into Mexico, and then. He finds like some money and stuff that uh, Andy left for him, and then then he finds Andy. It's got like a happy ending okay. and all this stuff, but which is unusual for. That's how you know King didn't actually write all that because <laughs> King and endings is. You know, we'll get into that. Um, anyway, yeah, I don't think we need to talk too much about it. I mean, I. Yeah, he basically works the system. Works everybody inside, gets them on their his side, like he's a good guy or whatever, and then and then he breaks out. And then he breaks out by and... digging through the hole in the wall behind the Rita Hayworth poster. Yep. Yeah, yeah, basically, it's a good story. It's cool. Um, it's not one of my favorite ones of his. One of his uh, non horror ones. I know it's like everybody's favorite. Like that movie is just regarded so highly, and I get why. It's it's well done, but. It's not one of my favorite King non-horror hmm. stories. I I like Stand by Me better. I like yeah. certain other ones. We'll get to. I haven't talked. We haven't talked about them yet. But yeah, I don't know. Anybody got any more you want to say about that one? No. We were supposed to be thumbs upping and thumbs downing oh. it and everything. I guess. <laughs> but I mean, I guess you kind of get. So get for me, idea. for me, Shawshank, I'll give it a soft thumbs up. Like it's not like a really like a wrecked thumb, bang, you know. It's, it's, it's not a Tom Cruise thumb in Top Gun or something, right? It's just no, a it's not a Top Gun thumb. <laughs> okay. It's it's more kind of like a you know, eh, cool, bro. Sort of. I'll flip you a quarter thumb. Yeah, there kind of go. like a quarter quarter flip thumb. Yeah. What about you guys? I would give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I think it's a great movie. Well done. Okay. Great acting. I'd probably give it. Uh, maybe I'll watch it. Thumb. Yeah, go. the whole th way through, I guess. But yeah. From what I've read and seen, it was really good. So I guess I, so I'll, give yeah, okay. yeah, I'll give you a thumbs up. I'll give you a I'll throw you a bone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to 1995. Now we get into the aforementioned Dolores Claiborne. Anybody? Now, Vito, you already established you read it. I read the book when I was a lot. Yeah, fucking twenty. Six years ago, right, uh, right, <laughs> and I haven't read it since. So my memory of that book is very 
vague. Yeah, I just remember that fucking well scene. Ooh. Oh yeah, with the broken legs and the, and the ribs yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, it's pretty grim. <clears throat> it's a it's a grim story. I, 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 Meg, are you familiar with this one? I am not. I saw it and I wanted to get to it, but I did not get to it in time for this. Yeah, it's 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 a it's more of a like a psychological thriller. It's not really a horror type yeah, thing, like paranormal, right up my type alley. Of, right. Yeah. It's it's good, man. I think the movie. I I I rem I read the book. Didn't she like get accused of murdering her husband or something? Yes. And it has to do with like how you remember things isn't always the way it really is. And, you know, that's it. I guess King does all the time. I I guess we should have said there's going to be some spoilery kind of talk in this. I mean, if you don't already (laughs) know that, I mean, yeah, we're We're not into the new stuff yet. Right. I mean, but even with this, like, I don't want to give away all the endings because I want people to maybe go and read or watch these and stuff. Um, yeah, I don't want to get into the ending of, of this story, but yeah, it gets into, yeah, it gets into, how you can be manipulated or manipulate yourself into remembering things differently, how you, yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting. The, the book is good. Um, the movie is great. Um, Kathy Bates, as we said, plays the main character and her daughter is played by Jennifer Jason Lay mm-hmm. and she does a great job in it. Jennifer Jason Lay was like all over early nineties, man, you know, these kind of like psychological, fucked up movies like this she was in a bunch of those yeah. she was good at it um john c Riley's even in this and yeah it's it's a good it's a good movie it's a good cast i don't want to don't a, yeah i want i really want to watch this one so don't right i don't i won't talk too much about it but i highly recommend it if you are into the those type of movies and and that kind of thing it it, it yeah it reminds me of something you'd see them I, i'm surprised they haven't tried to remake this one because I could see it being remade for like a Netflix movie kind yeah. of thing. I don't know. The way they're remaking all this stuff, they might be. It could happen. I mean, the original is so... I would say, well, they wouldn't remake it because the original is so well done and so good, but like that stopped them before. <laughs> yeah, that's not stopping them. Right. So anyway, yeah, not too much to say about that. I give it, the book and the movie, solid thumbs up. Meg, you're I give okay. it a thumbs up because I want to watch it. Yeah, you're interested. And then Vito? <laughs> I give it a thumbs up because I remember liking it when I read it. So Okay. Minus the will. Yeah. Okay. My, uh... But see, it's it's funny because like it, it grosses me out, but it's still like intriguing. You know, it's like. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm not into gross out stuff. And I mean, there's certain things. Yeah, there's certain things in the story that are fucked up and they bother you, you know, but I don't necessarily mind being bothered as long as it makes sense. Yeah. It's not gratuitous, mm-hmm. you know, like so that's for just for the sake of grossing you out. It's like it kind of plays an integral part of the story of you know? the story or why that yeah, happened to that yeah. character. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing gratuitous in Dolores Claiborne that I remember. So I, good. <laughs> I'm good with it. Now, however, we're going to move on <laughs> to 1996's Thinner. Yes. <sighs> <laughs> And here you're going to have the first. Oh boy! It's time to you know, battle it out. Ring All out. Ring that bell. <laughs> ding ding ding. You know. I just want to say, in this magazine I have in front of me, it mm-hmm. says the five worst Stephen King movies, and Thinner is on here. Of course, it is. Yep. And I just, I oh, it's Lawnmower Man. I thought it said the Lingoliers for a second. I was gonna really beat Red Man. <laughs> yeah, you were like throwing the book away. <laughs> no, it's Lawnmower Man. We're just not even talking about Lawnmower Man. We're skipping over that piece of shit entirely. <laughs> yeah. All right. So anyway, dinner, guys, go. Yeah. Well, I'm curious. <laughs> Tell me what what it, what what's kind of the gist of what they say in this magazine about thinner. Um, that it's this obese fat suit man. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, they're not wrong. <laughs> it looks pretty bad, man. That becomes what, obsessed with food, becomes emaciated once a local gypsy puts a curse yeah. on him as yeah. revenge for accidentally killing his daughter. Yeah, right. Then it was so bad, it was even screened for critics ahead of its release, but they still had opinions. Yeah. So... <clears throat> This movie sucks, man. I'm Dude. sorry. I I, I hate it. I, for, it's another one of those. For, well, first of all, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. 
I think he wrote this story. Was this a Richard Bateman story? Yes, Bachman. Yep. Bachman, Bachman, yeah. Bachman. Richard Bateman was the bass player for <laughs> Nasty Savage. <laughs> Wrong guy entirely. Yeah. So we find out when it was written here. King uh, eighty four. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well. King was known for those who don't know. I'm sure most of you do. King was known for writing some of his other stories under a pen name. Um, I don't know exactly what his reasoning was for it. I guess he basically wanted to prove to himself that he wasn't just, just people name. didn't. Yeah, yeah, people just just didn't buy his books because it said Stephen King on them. He wanted to prove to himself and other readers that he could sell books without the name Stephen King. And you know what? He didn't. He blew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you tried that, and, and you blew, blew it. it. And this was the book that outed him. Yeah. People were like, you know what, man? This is like a straight up Stephen King novel. Like, what's going on here? Is this dude Stephen King? And he came out and said, yeah. Right. It's me, guys. Sorry. <laughs> and it's I'll... like when Garth Brooks had that alter ego thing for a while. Oh, right? yeah. Yes. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> you know what? I won't go off on a tangent, but when he did that, it was pretty fucking good, man. <laughs> I don't know if maybe my opinion is colored by the fact that I knew it was a, a Bachman story and stuff like that, but it always felt just sort of throwaway to me. Like, this didn't... It wasn't good enough to be a whole long movie. This should have been, like, a fucking half-hour episode of Tales from the Dark Side. It's Yeah, it's a Tales from the Dark Side and Tales from the Crypt kind of right. thing, for sure. I just... And, it, and it's just mean-spirited, and I didn't think it was fair that the daughter fucking died you know at the end and i'm spoiling it because this story sucks anyway <laughs> when she eats the pie and stuff that's been cursed and all you know and all you know i know it was supposed to be like well fair's fair but it's like fuck you fuck this fucking gypsy fuck him and his family they all just fuck them but dude, it's got two people that were in RoboCop three, <laughs> and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. For everybody at home that's wondering, like, how can Vito like that fucking movie? You have your answer. There needs be no further explanation, because if you know Vito and you know his infatuation for not only fucked up sequels, but RoboCop. <laughs> then that's all the explanation you need. It's not the worst. I mean, thinner's not the worst, but it. Yeah. I it's more of like a goofy, like it's kind of like so bad it's good type of movie. I could see that. Like I'm not gonna sit here and defend that. Like, oh, dude, this story is like really scary and it's like really great writing. No, Just it's like not. it's really fun and like sometimes not to be meant to be la laugh out loud, but I do laugh out loud. You know. <laughs> <laughs> It, it had some laugh out loud moments in it. I'll I'll give you that, but I think it's crap. So, um, <laughs> I mean, let's put it this way. You know, I've got like the chart here looking at like, not that it matters because I don't give a shit about Rotten Tomatoes, but just for the sake of reference, when you look at something like we talked about Shawshank and that's got on Rotten Tomatoes, that's got like, you know, something like a. 90% rating Jeez. or something on there. And Dolores Claiborne's got an 83% rating, which is good. Thinner has 15%. <laughs> and that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> so that for me, Vito gives it the thumbs up. I do. Two thumbs up, actually. Oh, oh wow. God. <laughs> Jeez. The, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm giving it two thumbs down. Oh you know what? I'll give it a thumb and a half down. I won't give it two thumbs down, but it's a thumb and a half down. Wow. And Meg's that, just... That's a, fair. I, I'm indifferent at this point. Yeah, I Meg's don't know what just, to think of. Yeah. <laughs> um, so moving on into... Because we're jumping around from book and movie and book and movie and stuff. And we had one miniseries. So we're moving now on to the 1997 miniseries of... The Shining. So, Vito, did you see this? Yes. I don't remember if I saw it on, like, opening weekend or whatever when it was airing on TV. Right. But the main thing I remember is the topiary animals coming to life. Right. Which was not in the Stanley no, Kubrick right, version. Right. Um, and I do know that this follows more closely to the book as far as his travels through yes. being a psychotic killer and right. stuff. Which I believe King prefers this version to the Kubrick film because of that aspect of it. He does. 
but from what I remember, it wasn't that great. Um, okay. Yeah, Meg, you haven't seen I it, I have right? not seen this one. You know the original Shining and everything, yes. obviously, because um, we talked about it in the first one, mm-hmm. in the first Stephen King episode. Um, yeah, this, it's okay. It's one of those cases where there's things in there that I go, oh, that's cool. Like, that's cool that they did that and they touched on that. Like, that's cool to have that back in there. But then there's other stuff that I'm like, no, the the performances just don't add up to the same. You know, I understand King doesn't like it. I understand people are critical of it, as we talked about in the first King episode. Like, the Shining, when the original Shining, when it came out, was panned, man. People, mm-hmm. critics were harsh on the original Shining. Mm-hmm. I think it won like one of the first Razzie Awards or whatever. Really? I mean, it, yeah, man. People, I mean, for uh, how everybody now talks about it in such high regard. No, man. At the time, it it was not regarded mm. well by a lot of people. But but I just don't think that that miniseries could live up to the mood and the portrayal of those characters that people like Nicholson and Shelley Duvall and all them yeah. did. Scatman Crothers, all that. I mean, it was such a good cast. I understand the problem is people like Duvall and and Nicholson are it's not everybody's taste, you know, those particular actors and everything. But to me, I, I and I think to a lot of people, I think they just it couldn't it couldn't live up. Had they gone and done a more Kubrick like version of that mini series where they added in a lot of that stuff, stayed more true to the book, but made it still with that that ultra that the the fucking uh movie had and stuff then i think you might have had a winner but unfortunately it was like good that it added some stuff but bad in other ways so it's just kind of middle of the road (laughs) you know you agree with that yeah so i don't know what to give this i mean i i give it i give it kind of like a a neutral thumb. It's I like a sideways check it out thumb. if you're interested. In it, I guess. It's worth. Ch- I'm gonna give it a. I'll give it a very soft thumbs up, and that it's worth checking out if you like the book. If you're into the novel, it's worth watching because it's cool that there's stuff in there that matches more closely yeah. with that. There's stuff I like about it, but if you're expecting it, to me, if you're expecting it to live up to or surpass the Kubrick version, I don't think it does. I just don't think it does. So watch it. Check it out. You know, you agree with that? Yeah. Meg. You sure. Just, you're just like, <laughs> yeah, we're not getting. Me- I, I this think isn't- I've seen bits and pieces of that one. Yeah. So it, nothing really stuck to me. So I'll give it a, I'm, I'll go with you guys. A soft thumbs up. Yeah. yeah. I, I think you should check it out sometime. It's worth checking out, but don't get your hopes up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so moving on, we go to the next year, which was 1998, and we come to the movie called Apt Pupil, and it's another movie that's been based on like a novella story by Stephen King, kind of like um, Thinner was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Have any? Have either of you guys seen this movie? Nope didn't hurt. Didn't even hear from it. Yeah, I think I saw the trailer for it. I kind of know what it's about. I think. And mm. I always thought the movie was called Apartment Pupil. <laughs> because I saw in the trailer there was like an apartment. I was like, what the fuck is an apartment pupil? That doesn't make any sense. No. And I was um, like, oh, it's apt people, I guess. <laughs> no. Without getting too deep into it, um, it star- the movie stars Ian McKellen and uh, Brad Renfro. And it takes place in the 1980s in California. And it's about this high school student who ends up coming across and meeting uh, a, an old German guy who is played by McKellen and comes to find out that this old German guy is, in fact, an actual like Nazi, like SS war criminal that, you know, like got away, like he's kind of like in hiding or whatever, you know, he's living under a fake name from what his real name was and all this stuff. And the kid is like obsessed with Nazism and the Holocaust and all this other kind of stuff. So he starts, uh, he ends up getting, uh, Kurt with the old, the old German guy to start telling him stories, like opening up and telling him about stuff. And it just starts to get, 
it starts to get a little dark and nasty and their relationship uh, gets pretty, uh, pretty dark. And it's an interesting take on the whole idea of these Nazi criminals who got away because there was a bunch of them. I'm sure most of them, if not all of them, are probably dead by now, hopefully. <laughs> so I don't fucking like Nazis. <laughs> I think I can say that pretty openly. Right? I don't ever get political on here. We're not a political show. But I can say, fuck you, Nazis. You know, like, I mean, fuck those guys. Um, it, uh, it's an interesting idea. It's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. It's another one that's not one of my favorites, it, you know, for a, a non, I wouldn't call this horror. Again, it's more just psychological thriller. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, it didn't really do really well. That's got kind of like mixed, mixed reviews, mixed opinions on it and stuff. Um, it didn't make, it made like next to no money. I don't think it even made $10 million. Wow. You know? Yeah, it didn't do well. Oh, wow. And even by 1998 standards, it was pretty low for a Stephen King movie yeah. like that. A Brian Singer uh, oh, really? directed it, yeah. Who went on to do right after this went on to do Usual X- Suspects or X Men? Oh, okay. Oh wow. Which who was in the X Men? Ian McKellen. Yeah. Okay. You know, got okay. him to play Magneto, which is interesting. I'll just and I'll move on after this. Is that in this movie, Ian McKellen plays a Nazi soldier. Uh-huh. And oh, and okay. then yeah. in X-Men, which came out the very next year, he plays Magneto, who was a Holocaust survivor, <laughs> was a young Jewish boy who had survived the Holocaust only because he had these mutant powers and all this stuff and was very anti-Nazi. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting to use the same actor to play two completely, yeah. but Ian, <laughs> Ian McKellen's a yeah, fucking a badass. So, yeah, he's... It, at Pupil... Um, you know what? It's a good rent it movie. I know people don't rent. Well, I guess you do. You can rent on Amazon and stuff. But mm-hmm. um, it's a good rent it movie. If you're in the mood for something like that, you know, if you're if you're into like that kind of thing, Nazi Holocaust kind of stories and stuff, and you're into psychological shit, it's worth a rental. You know, I wouldn't say buy it. If you see it on DVD for 20 bucks, no, 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 don't buy it. But I don't if think you, you should buy any DVD for $20. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I would go out and buy, you know, Avengers Endgame on, on DVD for Blu-ray for 20 bucks, you know, and with all the extras and all that shit because it's fucking Avengers Endgame. At Pupil, no, 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 no. You know, I would, you know, maybe if you found it on a multi-disc, you know, like the Stephen King collection that has that and Langoliers and The Stand and Dolores Claiborne on it. Yeah, yeah, it's worth getting and watching. Aside from that, yeah, it's okay. It's all right. So I know you guys can't really say much about it because you haven't seen it or anything. Nope. So moving on. <laughs> we have one more movie, story, whatever, from the uh, 1990s. The greatest just... decade in the history of decades. Oh, the 90s, God, man. no. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just wrong. <laughs> it's wrong. <laughs> But that being said, um, he ended, Stephen King ended the 20th century and the 1990s with quite a bang because he ended with the uh, story, The Green Mile. Another excellent non-horror movie. Now, this one is a good one. I like this one. Have you seen it? Holy, wow. I heard it's like one of his best uh, adaptations or whatever. It's It's really good. Well, I mean, first of all, the movie, it's it's got Tom Hanks in it. I mean, not that Tom Hanks is beyond reproach. He's made some clunkers. We'll we'll do a Tom Hanks. Yeah, we'll have to do a Tom Hanks at some point. We'll do a retrospective on Tom Hanks someday. You know, I think he'd be a fun one to do. I probably don't need to explain too much what it's about, but it has to do again with... uh, Someone being sent to jail, wrongfully, wrongfully accused. It's Michael Clark Duncan, right? Michael yes. Clark Duncan is a fucking amazing in this. Mm-hmm. So good, so good. He's like a magic it's rat. So bad for him, huh? Wait, what did you say? I said he has like a magic rat or something with him. No, no. it's not okay. that the rat is. Ma- he is. He's got a power okay. to him. He's got like a. It's like a mutant power uh, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Again, and he brings. The rat back to life. Okay. The rat belongs to somebody else. I got you. Right. And the 
jackass prison guard mm-hmm. killed the rat mm. and Michael Clark Duncan brought it back to life. I see. Because I, I vaguely remember something about some glow that he exudes and something happens. and Yeah, he cures several people in okay. this. I think a bladder infection and yeah. um, I think it's Paul's wife where she's dying of cancer or something. He goes and helps yeah. fill yeah. Her feel Again, better. I don't want to completely spoil the end of the story I, for people. I'm not going to tell him who he gives it to. <laughs> but the thing he gives is, her bladder away. Well, he, hang on. Let oh. me. Ex- let me. Yeah, yeah. He's he's handing out bladders left and right. It's that kind of movie. Um, what it is is his power is he's able to heal. He's able to bring people back to life. He's able to bring maladies or cancerous things out of people, but. Um, it affects him when he does it and everything it like, it, it does like affect him. Like it's, it, if he brings in somebody's pain, it's painful and hard for him to deal with. And he's this big, it takes place in the great depression and he's on death row and Tom Hanks is a correctional officer on death row and everything. And unlike some of the other guards who are absolute pieces of fucking honky garbage, He is not, you know, he's not an all around bad person and stuff. And the story is told from his point of view um, and everything and like is a flashback kind of thing. Um, But I mean, this is a just a phenomenal movie. Another one that was done by Frank Darabont and everything. This is phenomenal. I again, I know most people point to. Shawshank, they would say that one is like number one, and then Green Mile might be number two. This is number mm, one. This yeah. is number one. So good. It's a touching movie. It. I like movies like this that have a lot of social commentary about the times and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like a movie like Fried Green Tomatoes does and stuff. I'm sure you've probably never seen that. That's no, one, that's, that's one, a good one. It's yeah. one of my favorites. It's it's pretty good. There's aspects of it you might not care for, but there's it's a good movie. Um. Another good one is like Kathy Bates, Richard Spencer. Yes, Kathy Bates mm-hmm. is in it. Yeah, it's good cast. Anyway, um, yeah, this is. I mean, there's not too much to really have to say about this because most people know what the Green Mile is about. It's so popular. It it was nominated for four Academy Awards. I mean, it it's yeah, it's a great movie. Good I'm, shit. I'm yeah. Say, yeah, I think if you can <laughs> guess that Meg and I give it two thumbs up. Mm-hmm. Two big, solid big solid. Honkin'. Big green thumbs, honking thumbs, man. <laughs> Two big honking thumbs. Do the old Michael Clark Duncan thumbs up? Yep, <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, that's. But with that, we've come to the end of the 1990s. We have. <sighs> so sad. I mean, there's tons of <laughs> there's tons of other stuff that he put out in the 90s that we did not touch on. We didn't talk about, you know. Lawnmower Man or the Dark Half, and uh, you know stuff like that. I I don't know. Again, like we said at the beginning, there's ones. That... I still haven't seen the Lawnmower Man, but I've actually listened to a couple of podcasts in the last couple of months that have covered the Lawnmower Man, and now I really, 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 really want to see that movie. <laughs> well, here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. Anybody else on the fucking planet, <laughs> I would sit there and say, oh, God, don't watch The Lawnmower Man. I You're hate that You're going to love movie. it, Vito. But something tells me that Vito... It sounds like it's right on my fucking alley. It is. Man. It is. <laughs> it's just such of its time. Some of it is so bad, man. But, yeah, I'm kind of surprised you haven't seen it already because yeah. it... Yeah, you, you need to watch it because... <laughs> You'll probably like it and stuff. And we didn't talk about Tommy Knockers. Oh, um, I mean, I've listened to the audiobook, and there's some aspects I like of it, but it's really boring in a lot of spots, especially the ending, which you would think maybe the ending should kind of get you into it, but mm-hmm. it didn't. And I have seen most of the miniseries, um, right? And that was. Another bad one. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It, yeah, not 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 horrible, but definitely not the, like a recommendation. The best one. part of that book is when the brother sends his this this one kid sends his brother away. And that's all I'll say about it. I thought that was really fucking 
fucked up. <laughs> yeah, Tommy Knockers has has its moments. Yeah, it's I I like the book. The book is cool. The miniseries, it's, yeah. yeah, it's okay. Mm. Worth checking out. Worth checking out. But I I I don't spend so long that I don't really want to get too much into discussing it because I can't, I don't have a whole lot to really add to it and stuff. It's worth checking out. But yeah, like I said, there's a few of these that we just kind of glossed over because they weren't ones that stood out for us or that we're and or, I think that's Stephen's least favorite book of his is the Tommy Knockers. Is it? I yeah, didn't I know so, that. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, then, appropriately enough, I guess, yeah. then we pass it over. But all right, so I think it's a good opportunity for us to like take a break, take a take a a drink, take a pee, <laughs> go get something to eat, get something to eat, and everything. <laughs> we will be back. We're going to go and watch some, uh, make Megan watch some Conan, and then we will be back (laughs) to talk about the 21st century Stephen King stories. Mm 